Blog Talk Radio. Fluoride. 
Okay, the, Where's the, the, the little kid in Sherman school he was doing it. They, the nurses would walk around in the, in the in the elementary schools and make sure kids would give them give them mouthwash. Okay, with fluoride. Well, right? we don't do now, that in our Well, that's a good thing because fluoride turns out to be a poison and a cancer causing agent and is the number one uh, 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 ingredient in Prozac. Okay. So, you know, to me, it, it was totally unbelievable when I first saw it happening, and, I, and, I, and I, I, I can't believe that schools are pushing fluoridation on kids, you know. Well, still, you know, uh, the, every all your toothpastes are full of fluoride. You can buy, you can buy, let me interrupt, you can buy toothpaste without fluoride. Oh, one brand. No, that's Aim, not, that's Aim, not you know, true. One and brand. children's toothpaste. Oh yeah. You can get kinds without fluoride. Amazing. Where my, is that? Tell my me grandson, they have it all the time. They have two. Where? What's I can't tell you the kind, but well, it says no fluoride. Well, then don't mention it because I don't believe it. Right? Uh, I picked it up in his room and it said no fluoride well, because I knew to make sure he didn't have fluoride in his Well, check it out because fluoride kills everybody and kills well, kids I'm aware and, of that. and destroys your teeth. But right. I'm just telling you that there are toothpaste available without fluoride if you look. Well, maybe, but you know, I wish you'd know the name. The other, the only other name we know is Toms, okay? And you got to be careful because there's only one type of Toms, okay, that isn't fluoridated, all right? And uh, you got to be really careful to, to pick that up because you read the label. You don't want fluoride in your toothpaste. No, you don't. I have um, a little audio piece on chemotherapy ineffective 97% of the time. Really? Except when it comes to killing people, and it's very effective at that. Wow. And that's on David Icke's site, so if you want to go there. Uh, okay, well, I suppose I can. It's a very good uh, audio. All right. But, um, you know, we, we have been around a while, and we've been talking about these killer things that are going on. And, you know, it's like, and the world's finally maybe starting to pick it up, you know. So in maybe 2% or 3% of the times that um, people have chemotherapy, it's effective. The cancer always comes back more aggressive. Everybody dies. 97% of the time. Yeah. Everybody dies. Unless and they die have, from the chemotherapy, really. They die from the chemotherapy, yeah. Yeah. It's really... But our media still pushes it, and our MAA MA still pushes it. The cancer industry is big business. Yeah, big business. Kill you, kill everybody. That's the way to go. Can't Keep cure going. cancer, just kill everybody. Keep going. Yeah. Here's this thing. Huh? It's down. Yeah, not that far, Leo. Don't complain. Okay. Maybe there's something better we can find. No, this in the is meantime. very. This is very good. Keep going. Well, I can't. It's right after that. Because it won't work. This website is screwed. It, it isn't. It's the way you're doing it. No, I'm Go not. to the side. Uh, let me tell you something. This his site is so littered with stuff. It's like Huffington Post. You know what I mean? We've got so much shit on this site, so much advertising and pop-ups. I mean, it, 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 as great as the site is, it's a piece of crap with a, you know, a commercial crap. I can't, I can't get into it. Well, then I'll, I'll play it, and, it and, it's, and it's loud, so right. here it is. It's not going to happen. Chemotherapy, ineffective 97%. Doctor, can we talk about cancer a little bit? Um, Various types out there. What are some of the things that you've seen in terms of your patients, and what some of the things that you've been able to do? A better thing to talk about in relationship. To, well, I will talk about that. Right. A better thing to talk about, however, is the relationship between profits and cancer in the United States. There was a study that was published. I believe it was in 1994. It was a 12-year program. 12 years. Study, they looked at adults who had developed
cancer as an adult, or childhood cancer, or adult cancer, right? This is the main types of cancer that we get here in the United States. They did a meta-analysis of these people all around the world who developed cancer as adults for 12 years and were treated with chemo. And they looked at the results. And they published the results in the Journal of Clinical Oncology. And the result? 97% of the time, chemotherapy does not work. 97 percent of the time doesn't work. Sorry, folks, uh, we can't we can't even get to that. One reason and one reason. Having difficulty with this. If you go to a medical doctor, an MD, I haven't been able to use this with a sinus infection, and that doctor prescribes an antibiotic, he gets no financial. Now, if he prescribes 5,000, you know, of that antibiotic in one month, the drug company that makes it might send him to Cancun for a conference. Right? But he gets no direct remuneration. It's not with, with chemotherapeutic drugs. It's different. Chemotherapeutic drugs are the only classification of drugs that the prescribing doctor gets a direct cut of. So if your doctor prescribes chemotherapy for you, here's how it goes, more or less. The doctor buys it from the pharmaceutical company for $5,000, sells it to the patient for $12,000, Insurance pays $9,000, and the doctor pockets the $4,000 difference. Wow. And there ought to be a law. The only reason chemotherapy is used is because doctors make money from it, period. It doesn't work 97% of the time. If Ford Motor Company made an automobile that exploded 97% of the time, would they still be in business? No. This is uh, the tip of the iceberg of the control that the pharmaceutical industry has on us. We, most people have no idea of this at all. Now, I wrote a book called The MD Emperor Has No Clothes, right? In my book, I have a bulleted list of ten questions that every cancer patient should ask their doctor. Ten questions. I've had patients kicked out, literally, kicked out of the oncologist's office because the doctor was PO'd that the patient was asking him these questions. And these are just common sense questions. Cancer treatment in the United States, we have lost the war on cancer. We have lost the war on cancer. Why? Because cancer is not a reductionistic phenomenon. Cancer is a holistic phenomenon. And when you try to bring a reductionistic methodology like drugs and surgery to bear on a holistic phenomenon, you will completely miss the boat each and every time. You cannot do it. Medical doctors are like colorblind art critics. They can see that that's a boat. They can see the black and white outline, but they're completely blind to all of the colors and textures that make up the substance of the thing. It's no difference with cancer. The reason that people get cancer in the United States and the reason that we have completely lousy outcomes is because medical doctors are driving the research bus. When women get together and do a 5K run for breast cancer, all of that money, do you think any of that money goes to nutritional research? Do you think any of that money goes to homeopathic research or acupuncture or traditional Chinese medicine or naturopathic research? No. All of it goes to drugs and surgery, which do not work. Now, why aren't those women running for selenium? If every girl in this country took 200 micrograms of selenium in one generation, we'd eliminate breast cancer by 82%. That's a big number. Why aren't we doing that? Because medicine in the United States is a for-profit industry, and most people are completely unaware of this. And most people bow down to the altar of MD-directed high-tech medicine at their own demise. And that was 2011iHealthTube.com. Pretty scary stuff, folks. So something to pay attention to. Uh, chemotherapy does not work. The only thing it's effective at is killing you. Does a good job at that. Yeah. So let me see. There was another article in, on this site that I wanted to 
Um, how about this? UK plans to raise motorway speeding fines to 10,000 pounds. Can you imagine? Do you think that will be coming to us? Do they want to raise fines to 10,000 pounds? Yeah. The maximum fine for speeding on the motorway is to be quadrupled to 10,000 pounds as part of sweeping reforms to the penalties which can be imposed by magistrates the government has announced. Other fines for breaking the limit on dual carriageways and other roads will also increase fourfold from 1,000 to 4,000 pounds along with the maximum fine for using a mobile telephone at the wheel. Motoring groups condemned the massive increase as draconian and warned they could deter, deter innocent motorists from challenging speeding tickets in court through fear that they could be hit with crippling penalties. That's pretty scary. Yeah. This is England. Mm -hmm. You want to live in England, folks? I don't think so. Yeah, we got a big enough problem here, but crying out loud. Red button flaw exposes major vulnerability in millions of smart TVs. This is something to be concerned about. It's 9.30 p.m. on a Sunday in New York City. People in the apartments in the Inwood neighborhood of Manhattan have their air conditioners blasting and don't hear the slight whir of two drones hovering 35 stories in the air outside. They're on the couch watching Family Guy, Duck Dynasty, or The Good Wife on their new web-connected flat-screen TV. No one sees the hat coming. The drones, launched from the roof of a tall apartment building, have a clutch of electronic gear aboard that can capture incoming digital broadcasts, inject a bit of malicious code to the data portion of the stream, and send it back out on the same frequency. Within a minute or two, residents' printers are spewing out unwanted coupons and phony Yelp plus 0.4% reviews in Facebook posts are being created using their login credentials. Without any trace or sign of vandalism, an entire neighborhood's smart TV sets have been compromised. The homeowners don't know it yet, but the hackers are already moving deeper into the home, sniffing for weekly or unprotected Wi-Fi routers and PCs that may be attached. The hackers can lurk around as long as no one turns off the set or changes the channel. And when the hackers decide to go, there's no way to retrace the steps. Let's read a little bit more about smart TVs. I thought I wanted one, but maybe I don't. That scares me a bit. This is from Ford. behind this red button attack, so-called because of the red button on remotes that usually controls interactive TV features, has never been published before. It could throw a wrench into the interactive dreams of the TV industry. The vulnerability affects... Whoops. What happened there? Wait a minute. The vulnerability affects any brand of smart TV sold that is compatible with the new HBB TV standard, short for a hybrid broadcast broadband, which is widespread in Europe. Ninety percent of the German market is covered, and millions of sets have been sold. It's on the verge of mass adoption in the U.S., as it was recently added to the ATSC standards in North America. Broadcasters and advertisers have been eager to use the HBB TV to target ads more precisely and add interactive content, polls, shopping, and apps to home viewers. But millions of TV sets would be vulnerable to hackers with the right gear, as long as the sets are receiving an over-the-air digital broadcast signal. Some 30% of all smart TVs are not plugged into the Internet. The flaw was discovered by Yossi Oren and Angiolas Kiromitis at the Columbia University Network Security Lab and is being published in a paper on the Usenext Security Symposium in August. Oren and Kiromitis reported their findings and showed a video of an attack in progress 
to the HBV TV standards body in December, but we're told a month later that such an attack wasn't severe enough to merit changing the standards. The board said the attack would cost too much and not cover enough people to be as cost effective as regular wireline ha hacks. Not so, says Oren. A hacker with $250 one watt amplifier could cover 1.4 square kilometer area. So that could happen. Hey, guess what? This is quite a long article. Yeah. So. So let's get over. Uh, House Majority Leader Eric Cantor loses primary to Tea Party challenger. Yay! Yeah. House Majority Leader Eric Cantor has officially lost the Republican primary for his House seat to Tea Party challenger David Bratt, according to the Associated Press. Cantor outspent Bratt by a big margin, but still suffering a crushing defeat marking a huge upset for a conservative movement looking to oust Republican establishment types. Well, Cantor is the biggest horse's ass that ever, you know, he's the biggest obstructionist horse's ass oh. that ever was. Oh, so he, he made Tea Party look like an idiot. Arrogant yeah. son of a yeah. well, Cantor was targeted by conservatives over, among other things, his position on immigration reform. His defeat came as a huge surprise given our Washington Post article today led with a conservative challenger is expected to fall far short of defeating House Majority Leader Garrett Cantor in Tuesday's congressional primary. So, so much for the Washington Post. What a joke that is. Nobody likes him. No, no, but I mean, uh, you know, they couldn't even predict this. I mean, the mm -hmm. Washington Post, what a joke. They're owned by Amazon now, by the way. Did you know Oh, yeah, I did yeah. know that, but I forgot. Yeah, so they, they don't make any more sense. Yeah. But anyway. I thought it was interesting. There's one other really interesting thing here. That is interesting. Yeah. That's sort of fascinating. Uh, where is it? I just saw it. Where is this? It's a really interesting one. On the same page. Come on, come on. I just saw it. Oh, I was so mad. Um, no, it's not. Ah. Damn, I was so sure that I had, I had a real good one here. Hang on, maybe I still got uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? If you're really interested to know, anybody out there who listens to the MSNBC, right, which is a joke of a joke of a joke joke, mm -hmm. okay, turns out that they're the least trusted TV news source among all American media. Isn't that amazing? They got less than 5%. Really? Uh, in a poll, yeah. yeah. We don't get it anymore, so. Oh, we yeah. can't stand it. Every news, uh, every news network likes Every news. Oh my God! Mine is jumping up and down too. I don't well, know. Well, this site, they're so full of crap. Every site, you know, has got to go to these pop-ups and all these ads just to make, you know, and you know, it's, it's, it's sick. And all these pop-ups just interfere with all of your stuff. You know, it can't, it can't even get us. Uh, forget it. I mean, they're almost impossible. Like, I, I, stopped, I stopped going to Huffington Post. I don't care what kind of article Huffington Post puts on. I hate the website because you, you can't... You can't get you anything? Can't, you, no, you can't, you can't get through it. It just goes pop up, pop up, pop up. It's just a piece of crap, you know? And it, it, uh, you know, and the articles aren't worth waiting for, you know what I mean? just aren't. Well, why are you okay. trying to get... Well, here, get yeah. it? Okay. Every news network likes to claim the mantle of the most trusted name in news. And a new Brookings and Public Religion Research Institute poll seeks to demonstrate who actually does and does not deserve that claim. Among many insights we can take from the survey, perhaps the most interesting is that among all TV news sources, MSNBC is identified as the most as most trusted by the fewest people. <laughs> the new the new republic. Now, now you got to remember this is a this is a, a a conservative group that's talking here, but yeah. but nevertheless, the New Republic looked at the data and gleaned that the Fox News, while the most trusted, also had the most deeply polarized fan base, largely made up of Republican Party's most conservative members. Yeah, so self-identified Democrats spread their trust among most TV news outlets, with Fox at only six percent, uh, while Republicans are largely concentrated on Fox News. Unsurprising if you follow the emergence of conservative media and media bias discussions in the 1990s. The sources 
also demonstrate a disparity between how most Americans view an issue like immigration and how Fox's viewership understands the topic. All right, that's interesting. Um, it says that uh, all Americans, Republicans' views of, of immigrants by most trusted media sources, all Americans, 60%, 35%, okay, think strengthen our country because of their hard work and talent. 60% of the of all Americans think immigration is good. Well, all Republicans, 44% think they're good, okay, and 50% think that uh, they're a burden because they take our jobs, housing, and health care. Uh, Republicans' most trusted other news source uh, turns out to be uh, Fox News. Fox News, yeah, which is really kind of weird. But, you know, the least trusted of all is MSNBC. Hmm. And I can understand why, because they have the most jerk-off, jerky uh, uh, people on there. You know, you got Chris Matthews, yep. you got Al Sharpton, you know, you got... Uh, Rachel Maddow. Rachel Maddow, I mean, Christ almighty. I mean, you got people there that, that you know, you... you <laughs> they couldn't get a job anywhere. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just horrible. But anyway, uh, you know, so, you know, for your news, okay, it's also interesting is the fact that despite John Stewart's reputation as being the news source for younger demographics among all age ranges, he, he only garners 8% of people most trusted label. Well, I can understand that since his whole show was a joke, you know? Yeah, it's entertainment. It's not news. It's not really news. It's a joke. You know, so it's like, good God, you know, people are, uh, uh. oh, man, oh, man. Well, I, can, I can see why Eric Cantor is a loser here. Eric Cantor doesn't mention support for Amnesty on campaign site. And Eric Cantor on border crisis, he says, let's work with Obama to give kids amnesty. Right? It's really, you know, he's, he's losing that. He's losing the issue. He's a schmuck to begin with. So it's a good thing he lost that primer. A new study shows we can get you to believe anything as long as we say a new study shows before whatever we say. <laughs> well, that's probably true. That's Brian Williams. Yeah. I would like to apologize in advance for all the problems associated with Obamacare because it will end up being my fault, which is George W. Bush saying that. Activists set up by a police chief who first lies and then admits he's guilty. In January of this year, activist Luce discovered someone had used his name and email address to register him on pornography and dating websites on healthcare.gov. The town of La Crosse police launched an investigation into the incident. Through the investigation, La Crosse police found that the Internet addresses used to register Luce on these sites were from the town of Campbell and Chief Kelman's home computer. So the police chief did it. I'm sorry, what did he do? He, they arrested a guy for having pornography and dating websites, yeah. and he was an activist. And they found that the police chief was the one that did it from his home computer. He registered him on all those sites. Oh, dude. Let's see what they say here. Um, I know I kind of talked to both of you um, a little bit that I got this case going on um, that's kind of involving all very agencies. So I wanted to get us all together on the same page, same table. Um, it involves Greg and Lucy.
can know something about that. Okay, and that's more why we're here today. Okay. Okay. Um, he did report that that he's got a whole bunch of solicitations. We backtracked it to um, computers signing up for this, not only at your PD but at your house. Okay, so we know that. Which it sounds like this guy freaking deserves it. Like it sounds like he's an a-hole, and to do it anonymously, certainly you're not going to go out in uniform and say, hey, "Greg, F you," you know. Yeah. Um, and doing it anonymously online just to annoy him is, is probably the more professional way that way he's not doing it with your badge on. So, I, I mean, I know that that's, that's, you know, not necessarily something that you think would maybe come this far. Um, but, okay, well, just set the chase, where are we going? That's what I'm going with. He filed a report, and technically, to use his info like you did is against the law. I'm being straightforward. I'm letting you come in while you're working. You know, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't want to. I don't, I don't want to do it that way. It sounds like, like, like I told you, this guy, like you told me, everybody I've talked to, this guy's not, not uh, the most straightforward guy. He's kind of a loose nut. Um, so that's why this investigation got started. Okay. Okay. Um, <clears throat> you planned it all the other. Is there any reason you were doing that stuff? Insect repelling maize seed 
uh, MON810, uh, just a few days before it was revealed that insects in the U.S. were developing resistance to the crop. The comments from Navarro also arrive as Monsanto is under fire in several South American countries, including El Salvador and Brazil. As Russian TV reported uh, previously, El Salvador passed legislation in September 2013 banning glyphosate used in Monsanto's Roundup pesticides as well as dozens of other agricultural uh, chemicals. Similar proposals, uh, similar proposals are being considered in Brazil, where the country's prosecutor generally, general recently urged the National Health Surveillance Agency to reevaluate the toxicity of eight active ingredients suspected of causing damage to human health and the environment, including glyphosate and several other chemicals. As for why glyphosate is coming under such heavy scrutiny, new research has indicated that while the chemicals are not as dangerous as its own, on its own, it becomes extremely toxic to humans once it's mixed with natural metals around a fountain soil. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, other reports have linked glyphosate to the outburst of a fatal kidney disease that has killed thousands of people in El Salvador and Sri Lanka and could also help explain similar situations in Nicaragua, Costa Rica and India. So, by God, man. Scary. Yeah, I mean, and we're forcing these sons of the, 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 these, these bastards, Monsanto and this President Obama and his group are forcing, uh, you know, this El Salvador to buy Monsanto seeds? What the hell? You know, that is just, I mean, where, where is, that's criminal. Where is the damn Congress here? Where, where is anybody? I mean, you know, here's a perfect example. I'm, hi, I'm Michael Taylor, former vice president for Monsanto, poisoning, poisoning everything you consume. And then there's another picture next to him that says, hi, I'm Michael Taylor, deputy commissioner of the FDA. I'll protect you from assholes like myself. Yeah. Same guy. Same guy. Same guy. You got, you got a little picture of, of uh, you know, the, 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 the mongrel up here, uh, uh, Mr. Obama. You know, what a miserable piece of work he is. No, I he appointed these guys. I mean, you know, what, what's wrong with this guy? And then, he's got his, and then he's got his wife running around wanting organic food for every for everybody to eat. Okay? Yeah, right. Well, he's pushing GMOs on the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, have, I have an article from oh, Press God. TV. Many U.S. Jews no longer back Israel. That's many many American Jews no longer support Israeli policy in the occupied Palestinian territories, the report says. Israel now bitterly dividing Jewish communities in the United States, Rachel Zoll wrote in an article on the Associated Press website. Internal American Jewish conflict has worsened as many Israel advocates have come to feel under siege in the U.S. The international boycott movement against Israel over its treatment of the Palestinians has gained some momentum in the U.S., and critics increasingly draw analogies between Israeli policies and South American, South African apartheid, wrote Saul. The New York City-based writer believes the split among U.S. Jews has its roots in the settlement building in the occupied territories after the 1967 Six-Day War. Referring to her Pew Research Center survey conducted last year, she wrote that more than two-thirds of American Jews felt somewhat very attached to Israel. However, she added, only 38% believed that the Israeli regime was sincerely pursuing peace with the Palestinians, and 44% opposed settlement construction, saying the plan has hurt Israeli security. According to the article, many Jewish leaders fear the split among Jews could undermine U.S. support for Israel. They also fear the differences drive away the younger American Jews who are pressing for a broader definition of what it means to be pro-Israel. Zal also mentions the fact that many Jews in America have left organized religious life in recent years. Jews were marrying outside their faith at high rates and their families were generally less involved in the Jewish community and less tied to Israel. We now have more people who care deeply about Israel and more people who care very little about Israel, said Stephen Cohen, a professor of Hebrew Union 
College Jewish Institute on Religion, who specializes in research on the American Jewish community. Yeah, well, you know, the, 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 the young Jews in this country are waking up and saying, hey, you know, Zionism is a joke. You know, Zionism is nothing but an Israel. And it has nothing to do with yeah. being a Jew. No, it has nothing to do with being Jewish. It has everything to do with being a fascist. Okay. Uh, you know, and... and uh, they just you know, hijacked and, their religion, that's and all. And stealing another country uh, away. You know, it's just a, it's just a criminal. Right? It's a criminal, criminal, criminal government, criminal country. Right? Jeez. Anyway, who wants for that? What's going on there? Oh, I don't want to get into it. I, I get so sick when I read this book. Inside every older person is a younger person wondering what the hell happened. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. And you won't think that's funny unless you're older. And that was by Ralph Nader. No, that was Yes, by, from Ralph. Go ahead. No, it was by Cora Harvey Armstrong. Why did you get that Ralph book? Ralph Watson. Oh, I thought you got it from Ralph, Ralph Nader. Ralph Watson. He's a, he's a Facebook friend of mine. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's going to tell us some other stuff. Um, I love straightforward people. It makes life ten times easier. Somebody sent that over. That's, yeah. that's a good quote. Yeah. And, uh, okay. Uh, let's see what else we got. There's so much stuff. Um, I read somewhere that they're not going to allow, and I wish, I, I don't know whether it was on this site, that they're not going to allow marijuana for MS treatment. Medical marijuana or some kind of medical marijuana. I, I have to. I wish I could remember what the article said. I, I don't know. I, that's hard for me to believe it's going to not, since it works so well. It, right, it's good for the muscles, for when you have uh, spastic muscles. Yeah, so I, I'm sorry for. Uh, give me a second here. We're trying to, trying to bring up our stuff. Some poor granny in England, she was sentenced to three months after disobeying order she should not see her teenage granddaughter who hugged her. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. England sounds like a, a, a Crazy complete place. fascist country, complete fascist dictatorship to insanity. I mean, it's a socialist dictatorship is what it is. Uh, and uh, where we, got, we don't want to become that here. We just don't, even though we're becoming in the United States, unfortunately. Um, I wanted to talk, this This was kind of an interesting article uh, on magic mushrooms. I don't know if anybody's heard of them. I'm sure you have if you're over 10 <laughs> years old. Um, magic mushrooms repair brain damage from extreme trauma. Wow. Isn't that interesting? From, like, concussions and things? Yeah. yeah. A new study by the University of South Florida has found that low doses of the active ingredient in magic mushrooms, um, uh, the cyclosilin and so on, repairs brain damage caused by extreme trauma, okay. offering renewed hope to millions of sufferers of post-traumatic stress disorder. The study confirms previous research by Imperial College London that psilocybin, a naturally occurring compound present in shrooms, uh, stimulates new brain growth and erases frightening memories. Mice conditioned to fear electric shocks when hearing a noise associated with the shock simply lost their fear. Um, who, who uh, since uh, Juan Sancho's Ramos, doctor, uh, co-author of the study, a low dose of psilocybin led them to overcome fear conditioning and the freeze response associated with it faster than a group of mice on uh, a drug that counteracts the receptor of uh, psilocybin in the brain and a controlled group on ceiling. An estimated 5% of Americans, more than 13 million people, have post-traumatic stress wow. at any given time, according to the PTSD Alliance. The condition more often associated with combat veterans is twice as likely to develop in women because they tend to experience interpersonal violence, uh, and, such as violence, uh, domestic violence, rape, and abuse, more often than men. Post-traumatic stress is not just psychological. Common symptoms such as hypervigilance, memory fragmentation, flashbacks, disassociation, nightmares, and flight or fight um, 
uh, 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 responses to triggers are generally thought to be psychological and therefore treatable by learning to challenge thought processes. But new research suggests that they may, in fact, be the result of long-term physiological mutations for the brain. In a South Florida University study, the mice treated with low doses of psilocybin uh, grew healthy new brain cells, and their overactive medical prefrontal cortex regions, uh, common in post-traumatic stress sufferers, sufferers, were restored to normal functionality. Wow. Oh, that's wonderful. Isn't that and further independent studies have shown that the hippocampus uh, part of the brain is damaged by extreme stress, and that this is specific to uh, post-traumatic stress disorder and not associated with anxiety or panic disorders. Dr. Sanchez-Ramos acknowledged that there was no way of knowing whether the mice in the experiment experienced altered states of consciousness or hallucinations commonly experienced with magic mushrooms, but he believed the doses were too low to cause psychoactive effects. Decriminalization of psilocybin could help millions. Previous studies have shown that low doses of psilocybin produces no consciousness state-altering effects. Administered in the correct amount, psilocybin could therefore be assumed to safely treat post-traumatic stress disorder. Oh, that'd be fabulous. There's minimal risk of adverse side effects. Magic mushrooms could help millions recover from the debilitating cycle of flight, fight and flight and other conditioned biological responses caused by extreme trauma. If only they weren't listed as dangerous Schedule One drugs with no medical benefits. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, doctors are authorized to dispense powerful side effect laden pharmaceutical drugs to army vets and others suffering from the symptoms of post traumatic stress disorder without any evidence that these treatments actually work. According to a major review by the Committee of the Institute of Medicine on the topic, the situation is so bad that an average of 18 American veterans commit suicide every day. I thought it, I heard it was 25, but you know, now they're saying 18. Uh, linked to the uh, uh, rise sharp in prescription drugs, depression, mm -hmm. and other psychological conditions. Uh, safe, natural alternatives to pharmaceuticals such as uh, homeopathic and herbal remedies, have been found to alleviate symptoms. Uh, medication, sorry, medication, medit oh, sorry, meditation, yeah, meditation has also been known to reduce high activity levels in the, uh, the brain's emotional center, experienced in post-traumatic stress disorder sufferers as anxiety, stress, and phobias. So there you go, folks. Here's something more. U.S. cities are cracking down on feeding the homeless. Yeah, An up-and-coming National Coalition for the Homeless report shows, shows that municipal bans on publicly giving people free food has increased sharply between January 2013 and April 2014. The report, which has not yet been published, was shared with Vice News on Friday. It detailed new restrictions in 33 U.S. cities that were passed during the past deal alone. The report is set to be released later this month. It is the NCH's third report on food sharing and highlights the types of restrictions cities use to shut down religious and community groups that give out food and also examines the motivation behind the efforts to quash public food sharing. Let's read more. Let's see what it says. I don't understand why that why we can't give food to the homeless. Because the companies aren't making the money. Somebody's not making money. Um The NCH's third report on food sharing highlights the types of restrictions. Okay. We published the report in the hope that it would embarrass cities, but they just keep doing it, says Michael Stoops, Director of Community Organizing at NCH. Homeless families in Sao Paulo are occupying the World Cup. Oh, okay, that's, that's something, too. Stoops, that's an ad. Stoops said it's hard to keep track 
which cities have bans on food sharing, but it could be in the hundreds. And that's one of the many problems faced by church and community groups. I can promise you that if a city enacts a law and there's a penalty provision, they will enforce it, and all the laws have some kind of penalty stoop set. Statistics on homeless vary as people enter and leave the population. Hard numbers are usually identified through the point-in-time counts performed at shelters across the country on a single night. On one such night in January 2013, the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development found 610,420 homeless people. But the National Center on the Homeless and Poverty estimates that 3.5 million people are likely to experience homelessness in any given year. Over a million of these are children. Many groups enabling people to stay homeless. Many of the politicians and criminal justice figures in the NCH report were quoted as saying that by feeding the homeless and hungry people, the groups are enabling people to stay homeless and hungry. Oh, yeah, right. Jeremy Rosen, policy director of the National Law Center on Homeless and Poverty, told Vice News that's an unrealistic point of view. Nobody would suggest that the ideal situation for a homeless person is to be living on the street, but the reality is, is that there are people living there and they will die there if they don't receive food, Rosen said. In 2012, Houston, Texas passed a law that would impose a fine to anyone who is giving out food to more than five people in public without prior written permission from the city. Without such permission, each person doling out grub can rack up a $2,000 fine. On March 31st, Houston Mayor Anise Parker said on KUHF's radio Houston Matters show that making it easier for someone to stay in the street is not humane and that groups who give free food to the hungry keep them on the streets longer. Okay, you have the same group of homeless people that are fed by three different groups on the same day, and yet there are folks on the other side of town who really need the resources. So all we asked was that, would you please register with the city and we keep a master calendar and make the resources go for a father, she said on a radio show. Parker said no one wants to stop anyone from feeding people, but she wants groups to be mindful of where they are giving out the food. It's not illegal to feed the hungry. Do We do want you to, if you're going to feed a large amount of people, to ask permission of the property owner. But others would argue the purpose of the law is intimidation. Yeah. Mm. A lot of people who used to serve food don't serve it anymore. The groups who serve in the streets have largely continued, but the individuals who are just going around giving out leftover food, those numbers have gone way down, Nick Cooper says, a Houston resident who volunteers with his local chapter of the Worldwide Food Sharing Network, Food Not Bonds. That's what he told the news. We have permission to serve in front of the downtown public library, but not for other locations. I drive around and give out a banana or whatever I have to the homeless people. Under the law, I could be fined for that. In 2011, more than 20 members of the Orlando Food Not Bombs chapter arrested for sharing food. Houston so far has been lucky. Cooper told Vice News that a diverse coalition formed to oppose the law when it was proposed, but it was ultimately unable to stop the law from passing. Cooper said that they still have the potential to get it overturned due to our ballot initiative, which at some point has to be put on the ballot. Evangelical and faith-based groups that consider feeding the hungry to be a vital part of church ministry may be the ultimate challenge to municipal bans on food sharing. The main grounds the judge used to rule in our favor was the Texas Religious Freedom Restoration Act, Rosen said. They ruled that city's food sharing ordinance violated religious freedom. How they, how they figured that. Okay. Where the poor get blamed for the plague. A Daytona Beach 
couple made news recently when they were fined more than $2,000 for operating a food sharing called Spreading the Word Without Saying a Word. Chico and Debbie Jimenez refused to pay and to stop feeding the hungry. The fines have since been dropped by the public outcry. But not every faith-based soup line has been so resilient. When cities enacted food sharing restrictions that scared a lot of groups off to a religious middle-class person who's never violated the law, even being arrested for carrying out God's, God's work is scary to them. We've had another number of church groups say we don't want to go against the law, and he is, and it has resulted in a number of groups quitting the ministry. So you know, it's, 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 it's intimidation. All cowards, you know, middle class cowards. But it says, you know, House Majority Leader Eric Cantor. I we told you this, but here's about this talks about the guy who beat him. Oh. Uh, suffered a crippling primary defeat tonight at the hands of Dave Bratt. Uh, but you might ask yourself, who's Dave Bratt? Well, Bratt is an econom economics professor who's been teaching at Randolph-Macon College since 1996. Oh, down in Virginia. Yeah, he and his wife, Laura, have two children, uh, Jonathan and Sophia, and they live in uh, Henrico, uh, Virginia. Right? Uh, the fa in fact, his Facebook page banner is currently a picture of Bratt, his family, and Ingram. Uh, Brad told uh, NBC News uh, last month that Cantor uh, used to have a good track record, but it's long gone now as he's in Brad's world, fostered a crony capitalist mentality, and has also said Cantor is too liberal on issues like immigration reform. A poll released last Friday showed Cantor just about 50%, compared to 40% for Brad. Two years ago, Cantor easily beat his primary opponent with 79% of the vote. Huh. Yeah, so it's like, it's interesting, you know? Um, here's a video of the guy, I don't know if there's anything. Yeah, see what he has to say. He's probably a Tea Party guy. He is a Tea Party guy. Guys like things, uh, we're getting rid of gray, they're you know, just for men. It's just not haircut. worth it, folks. I make a mistake, I make a mistake, but I, I went to this Princeton a, Seminary, yeah. I take that seriously, I went and got a PhD in economics, I'm being typecast all the way from being a liberal by uh, Eric Cantor to being an extreme Tea Party member. Uh, the truth is I'm a free market guy that's dedicated to this country and to the Constitution and to the Tenth Amendment. I do want to scale down Washington, D.C. and bring power back down to the state. I think it's much easier to have access to your state delegates and senators, and they should hear from the people. Up here, everyone's insulated. And uh, so I tell the truth, and I, I will be the voice of the people, and I will be acceptable. And that's what I would want people to know about Dave Bratt. There you go. So that's Dave Bratt. He just beat up. Eric Cantor. Now, I'm grateful for him. I don't know if he's going to be just a bigger jerk, but, you know, it's... Uh, nice to get rid of Eric Cantor. Oh, man, it's a good thing to get rid of him. I just, I'm so surprised. I thought they loved him. <laughs> no, they hate him. So, uh, I can see why. Number one, he's, he, he's, you know, he's a... He's Very a arrogant guy. Arrogant bastard. And, he's a, and, he, and he blocks everything. He just, you know, he's just a stupid asshole. And, you know, that, that's why you can't like this guy. So, you know, we're on the last minute here of our show, and I want to thank everybody who's joined us. And uh, I can't think of anything else that I might want to say. Well, keep, keep strong. Yeah. Some of these articles are unbelievable. And keep your focus. Whatever it is that your focus is, try to work on it and try to do something. Yeah. You know, if you have a goal, try to work on that goal. Try to make us one step, you know, at least in a day, you take time to think about what your goal is, take five minutes, and work on achieving it. Yeah. That's more than the politicians do in D.C. Their only goal is to get money for themselves. That's true. Well, anyway, I'll end on this note by my friend uh, Ralph Perry sent me a picture of a, of a cat uh, standing upside down. And it says, I tried to be normal once, 
was the worst two minutes of my life. <laughs> I think we agree with that. So I want everybody to have a good night. Thanks for joining us. Join us again tomorrow night right here when we talk about union news and views and more environmental issues and more alternative news for you. So uh, good night, have folks. a great night, everybody. Tell your friends. Okay. Thank <laughs> you.